Welcome to Vision is More Than 2020, a podcast aimed at talking about your vision, your eyes, and how they play a role in overall visual and systemic function. Dr. Zolnicki and Lakowski, with the help of various guests, will work to help you understand more about your visual system and all the pieces to the vision puzzle. Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode of Vision is More Than 2020. We hope that you're having a great week and are enjoying our Syntonics case series that we are in. Before the start of the next episode, we just want to have our weekly insight be the reminder that Eastern States Optometric Congress is holding an event on November 13th. It's a Sunday from 9 to 4.30. It, for the optometrists listening, it is seven hours of COPE-approved education, and it's featuring Drs. Joanna Carter and Dr. Jack Richmond. It's a phenomenal uh, course uh, load that we have set up for you guys, and you can sign up through iHeartBT. Again, that link will be in the bio, uh, so you can just click it there and sign up. It's going to be a super fun day with lots of great information. I know. I am so excited to attend and learn more. And on today's episode, we are going to be sharing another case that utilizes syntonics. And we are being joined by Dr. Michael DeStefano. He is the newest developmental optometrist at Visual Symptoms Treatment Center. Dr. DeStefano's professional interests include helping struggling students achieve academic success, caring for patients with traumatic brain injuries, concussions, and myopia control. He received his Bachelor of Science in Biology and his Bachelor of Arts in Italian at Loyola University, Chicago, where he graduated with high honors. Dr. DeStefano received his Doctor of Optometry degree from Midwestern University's Chicago College of Optometry, where he was valedictorian of the school's inaugural class and a member of the Beta Sigma Kappa Honor Society. He credits his extensive knowledge of vision therapy from working as the founder and former president of Midwestern University's chapter of COVD, as well as other neurooptometrists while in school. He currently resides with his wife, Lisa, in Schaumburg. Dr. DeStefano was born and raised in Palatine, just three miles from the office. When Dr. DeStefano isn't seeing patients, he typically spends time with his wife and Italian family, golfing, or working out. He considers himself a kid at heart as he enjoys watching the Chicago Cubs and competing on video games. Most importantly, he enjoys serving patients every day and looks forward to helping you or a loved one. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. DeStefano. Thank you so much for joining us today. And to get started, tell us a little bit of background on yourself and how you became an optometrist and then found the specialty of vision therapy. Sure. Well, first off, thank you guys for having me. And I thank you for uh, this, little, this little one for having me as well. Um, so your first question was how I became an optometrist. So it's not a quick and simple story, but I'll be happy to share with you. Um, I knew I wanted to go into the healthcare field because a lot of people in my family have had health conditions. Uh, my mom is a two-time cancer survivor. Uh, all four of my grandparents are cancer survivors. Both of my parents are diabetic. And two of my grandparents are diabetic and there's a bit more as well. But to uh, summarize it, everybody, almost everybody in my family has been in and out of doctor's offices and or hospitals for years. I knew I wanted to go into healthcare in some way, shape or form. And I didn't know exactly what kind of healthcare I wanted to go into. I thought I wanted to become an, um, an oncologist because of you know the family history. And after I think an hour and a half of shadowing, I was like, eh, I don't think I'd, I could handle this emotional load day in and day, off, day out. But with that said, I do have a lot of respect for people who do do that. Um, I, I don't think it was for me. 
Um, I also considered becoming a dentist for, for quite some time. And I shadowed a bunch of dentists and that was my plan for over a year. Um, a few I shadowed mentioned to me uh, that it gets harder when you get older physically uh, talking about carpal tunnel syndrome, neck problems, back problems, and also a relatively higher rate of depression among dentists. And so I was thinking okay, maybe I'll, ex I'll explore some other options as well. And I shadowed several optometrists both in corporate practice, private practice. And the unique thing that stuck out to me that was that everybody seemed really happy with their careers and with their lives. They talked about the work-life balance while also being able to provide something very meaningful and fulfilling for their patients. And that struck a chord with me and that, that made me want to learn more about it. And well, here I am years later. So as you can see, I, I went that route. Uh, and I'm very happy I chose to, to do so. So I became interested in vision therapy shortly before I started optometry school. I was reading about different specialties and I knew I wanted to specialize in something. I didn't want to just do glasses and contacts and routine examinations. Nothing against people who do that. But I knew I wanted to specialize. I knew I wanted to go further. And um, I was reading about different things. And I thought that vision therapy sounded really cool. Just the idea of playing games and stuff with people, seeing patients on a regular basis. And uh, the dean of my school, uh, Dr. Melissa Suko at Midwestern University, uh, connected me with Dr. Dan Press, who was at that time the incoming president of the College of Optometrists in Vision Development, which for those of you who do not know, it's the international organization that uh, more or less promotes vision therapy uh, awareness and uh, networking and resources for the world. And he, he worked down the street from my girlfriend at the time, who was now my wife, and so I was able to shadow him for a few hours and I was thinking in my head, this is it. This is, this is what I want to do. I thought it was so cool and so fun and the patients were enjoying themselves and you get to see the same person every week. If you're doing the therapy, you get to build that relationship. Um, and without, without medication and without surgery, you're able to actually fix somebody's condition. You don't just teach somebody to live with it you can actually cure people. And that's something that's really, really cool and unique about vision therapy and why I love what I do. And to this day, even as a doctor, I choose to do a lot of the therapy myself because it's so cool and so fun. Yeah, we definitely understand that uh, sentiment, right, Dr. O? Yes, we do. We love seeing our vision therapy patients. And like you said, it's so wonderful to get to connect with them more than just the once a year for a routine eye exam. You know, we Amen see our patients yeah, mm -hmm. once, twice a week, and you really get to know them. Um, and then it's just so fulfilling the effect that you have on their lives. And you can kind of see their growth through their vision therapy program. I could just uh, better myself. So I know that you have a wonderful case that you want to share with us and our listeners today. Sure. Um, so tell us a little bit about your patient and how they found you, what brought them in to see you. Okay. Um, yeah, go from there. So, so my patient is actually my sister-in-law. 
Always the trickiest one, though, the family. <laughs> so oh, I should say she's my soon-to-be sister-in-law. I refer to her as my sister-in-law. So she's my wife's brother's fiance. They're getting married in, in a couple of weeks. But uh, nevertheless, um, she wanted to get fit with contact lenses for uh, their upcoming wedding because she always chooses between either wearing glasses and not seeing. Okay. So I was like, okay, you're just going to walk around not seeing. She was like, yeah, I don't like how I look with my glass without my, with, with my glasses. When I go out, I was like, never thought about this sooner. <laughs> she was like, I haven't had the time. And I, you know, she's family. So I, I didn't, I didn't question it. Like, okay, okay that's, that's, that's fine. So I, I go through my, my routine exam and I don't do just the bare minimum. I want to give her a thorough exam and I, started doing the near point of convergence test. And for those of you who do not have an optometry background, it's where you bring a small target closer and closer and closer to someone's eyes to see how well their eyes can work together as a team for focusing up close. She had double vision, like right out here, which is a little over a foot away. I'm like, Ooh, you ever get headaches in your read? And she's like, yeah, all the time. I'm like, okay. You get tired when you read? Yeah. I'm like, okay. Um, lose place in your read. Yep. Skip up and down lines every time. I'm like, Oh, okay. How long has this been going on? Eh, a few years. I'm like, okay. She's like, you know what, to be honest, this is also making me a little bit dizzy. I'm like, have you ever had a concussion? She's like, yeah, yeah, I, I have. And um, <laughs> I asked her, did this stuff start before the concussion or after the concussion? She's like, after I'm like, you had a brain and you had a brain injury. This stuff is because you were in a car accident and your brain controls what your eyes do. And all these things that you're telling me are things that I see at work every day. She's like, you're kidding. I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm hundred percent serious. And I asked her about uh, dizziness. Yes. Difficulty going into supermarkets or stores. And she was like, oh yeah, I have to have my, my, uh, my brother-in-law. Yeah. Cause I, I get dizzy and overwhelmed and it's visually overstimulating for me. And I'm like, well, this is a textbook. A concussion case and uh, I did quite a bit more with her and uh, I found out that her focusing ability for up close is pretty low and I was like I was like you have the focusing ability of somebody who's like 50 years old and she's in her in her 20s and I was like do you get blurry vision up close and she's like yeah and it makes me very very tired I'm like I, I could I could I could see that yeah. so um told her that she doesn't have to live this way forever, that this is fixable and treatable. Um, unfortunately, she hasn't signed up in a, a therapy program with me yet. There's just been a lot going on with the wedding, but I did have her come back one time. Um, and to get her by, I prescribed her lenses with a very, very, very small amount of prism in them. And, um, and I'm talking, it, it looks like it almost looks like clear plastic. I, I did put her prescription in there to make her see, but the prism is very, very uh, minimal. And I had her look at a disco ball <laughs> without mm. the prism. And I had her rate how uncomfortable it made her on a scale of one to five. And she's like six. And I, right. I this, this is like two seconds. And I had her put the glasses on and I was like, how much does it bother you now? And she said, this doesn't bother me. Uh, wow. That was really cool. 
Um, it does it fix everything? No, but it helps her get by and she notices that she's definitely less uh, dizzy in situations where there are things moving around her. Um, there's also a very faint green tint in there as well. Um, that helped as well. Um, I also introduced her to the idea of syntonic phototherapy, which is a, a, a treatment in which a, a patient essentially looks at a specific colored light, whether it's through a pair of cardboard glasses or looking at a lamp. And it's a very specific brightness and color. And based on what I was able to gather from her and from knowing what has worked for a lot of concussion patients, I had her sit in the chair and I asked her, do you have a headache right now? She's like, yeah, I do. I was like, okay, look at the slide, just switch it on. I didn't ask her, I didn't ask her anything else. I didn't explain what we were doing. And I said, just look at this light. I think you might feel better. And within a few seconds, her headache was gone. Um, she also said, you know, while, while, while we're at it, I, I also have like this sensation of like TV static in my vision all the time. Almost like when you, when you have the TV and the wrong input and I'm like, does this also, is this also something that's happened since the concussion? She's like, yeah. I was like, is it constant? And she's like, yep. I'm like, okay, you have a very rare condition called visual snow syndrome. Um, and there are people out there who travel the world looking for relief for this condition. Um, I had her look at the, at the lamp for really only five minutes. They had to go and she's not in any sort of formal treatment program. Hopefully down the road after the wedding, I'll be able to help her more. But anyway, I had to look at it for five minutes. Headache was gone. Nausea was down. Anxiety was down. And actually her visual snow went away for a few minutes. It, it did, it did come back, but we only did it for a few minutes, but nevertheless, I was able to make the visual snow go away for a, a little bit, just having her look at a green light in a room for five minutes. And that was really, really cool. Yeah. And is that why you put the greenish tint in her glasses? Because she had such a positive reaction to that, the light therapy? So good question. I actually tried tints before I tried Syntonics. Um, I spun the OKN drum <laughs> in her face uh, <laughs> to see how dizzy it would make her. And I put a bunch of tints in front of her to see if there was any immediate uh, effect on her level of dizziness. And immediately when looking through that tint, her dizziness went down and uh, I also did it with and without the prism. And then I put the prism and the tint together. And I noticed that the reduction in dizziness was even larger than either one of those individually. So that's how I came across what to prescribe for her. Wonderful. I love that clinical thinking to utilize the OKN drum as kind of a peripheral distraction while doing your testing and to see what helped made her feel better. Um, the OKN drum can be such a powerful tool, both in evaluation and in therapy, and I love how you utilize that. Um, so I know your sister-in-law is very busy with her upcoming nuptials, um, but if she was able to see you more frequently, kind of what would your ideal treatment plan for her be, um, specifically when it comes to using syntonics, especially because she has such a positive response in that few short five minutes you're able to do it with her? Sure. So I would like to repeat that same new Upsilon or green filter uh, with her and see if I achieve the same response a second time. 
And if it's repeatable and we have the same benefit, then I would have her um, rent this unit for at home and use it um, perhaps every every night before going to before going to bed or every morning when she wakes up, depending on when she feels that would be more most useful for her. And I would, you know, I would stay in touch with her to follow any changes, whether they're positive or negative. And because she's family, we've, we've got each other on speed dial, but um, that, that's where I would, that's where I would go first. And in terms of active therapy, we'd work on tracking skills, things like that, given her, her uh, complaints regarding a reading. Right. And what sort of work does she do? I'm just curious. She's a nurse. Okay. So it's not like she's in front of a computer all day. Cause I think she would probably be more symptomatic if she was. She does. Uh, yes. Yeah, she used to do more face-to-face with the, with the patients. Now it's a little bit more behind the scenes. She's actually at a computer all day. Um, so she's uncomfortable. Um, yes. <laughs> so I guess, what would you say is your biggest lesson or takeaway from this, this case, right? I always, just, uh, Dr. Ellen, I always say that, you know, every patient we learn something new or just like a little nugget. So what would you say is your biggest lesson and takeaway from this case uh, with her? Definitely. Uh, there's one thing that stands out for sure. It's you have to ask questions to learn about your case. It started off as just a routine exam, just wanted to get contacts for a wedding. And when something looked abnormal, I knew to ask and dig more into it. And I know that I was just seeing the tip, the tip of the iceberg when I did that first test. And then when I asked more and more and more questions, I uncovered a lot more about her and ultimately allows me to help her to a greater extent as opposed to just brushing it off. Like, okay, maybe it's just a fluke. Maybe she just got double vision because she didn't understand the test. I was able to understand that there she is hiding a condition that's significantly affecting her day-to-day life and it is totally treatable. And um, despite knowing that I'm an eye doctor, I think she may have known, she may have felt that because she's lived with it for so long, there's nothing that she could do about it. And she said to me at the end that she felt very validated. She had been told that she was crazy. She had been told it was just related to anxiety or depression. But I was like, no, we have a serious health condition. Uh, You are not crazy. Uh, This is not in your head and you don't have to live like this for the rest of your life. I think that's a, yeah, I think that's a wonderful takeaway. And I think even just giving her an answer and validating her symptoms and showing her that there was something that could help is so powerful. And for anyone listening who has experienced visual smell themselves or doctors who've treated patients with it know um, it can be very debilitating for patients. And we don't really have that many tools in our arsenal that can provide a lot of relief. So I think that it's wonderful that you turned to Syntonics and it in such a short amount of time really helped some of her symptoms just go away for a few minutes. And that's that's really powerful for someone who has visual snow. Um, so I thank you for sharing this case with us and for anyone listening who would like to chat with you more and find you, where can they find and follow you? Sure. So they can... Uh... If, they're, if they'd like to see me, I, I practice at Visual Symptoms Treatment Center in Arlington Heights, Illinois. But to, uh, to contact me directly, you can uh, 
you can get in touch with me via email at doctor. So just dr d stefano d e s t e f a n o o d at gmail.com. I'm also pretty active on Facebook as well. So my Facebook direct link is facebook.com slash one Mike D Stefano. Wonderful. And I will link that in all of the show notes for our listeners, but thank you so much again, Dr. Stefano, and we will talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening. Follow us at Twin Forks Optometry on Facebook and Instagram. Join our private Facebook group, Vision is More Than 2020. Subscribe, download, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Tune in next week to learn more about your vision.